Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast, where we connect leaders in the gaming industry to discuss passions and challenges. I'm Sol, and I'll be your host today, and I'm joined by a fantastic panel to discuss the topic of how feedback fuels growth exploring the power of a positive feedback culture okay guys we're going to uh, go around the room quickly to give the listeners a bit of an introduction on who it is they'll be listening to today i'm going to turn to yourself marcella first if you could give us a bit of an idea on who you are what you do and what you're passionate about hi so uh, my name is marcella Vesiani. i live currently in germany but i am from brazil and i've been a concept artist illustrator for more than 20 years already and I've been in the games industry for around 10. And currently I work as the lead artist of uh, Big Point in the Farmaroma team. Cool, thank you, Marcella. Uh, over to you, Alex. Bit of an intro from yourself, please. Hey, I'm um, Alex, like Strauss. I'm currently the art director at Piranabytes. Um, I'm in the industry for over a decade now, I think. Time flies by. I, I don't feel old. Uh, and yeah, I'm very passionate about my kids. And then I'm passionate about art and stuff. <laughs> Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, Camille, over to you. Uh, hey, I'm Camille Destovic. Um, yeah, I'm a marketing creative director. I'm working for Crytek and working um, only on Hans Showdown franchise. So, um, a lot of you know cowboys and zombies, and um, yeah, and I'm um, fairly new to the industry. Just because before um, joining gaming, before I worked in CD Projekt Red in Poland, but before that, I had a pretty long career in advertising, which I decided to quit because it didn't bring me any joy anymore, and wanted to join the gaming industry. And I'm having a blast here. And while I'm not um, Doing cowboys and zombies for a hunt, I I cycle a lot. So yeah. thank you very much, Camille. And finally, Dario. Yeah. So uh, my name is Dario Furlan. I'm uh, from Italy, but working in Germany. Uh, also, uh, I'm in the industry from around nine years. Um, did a lot of freelancing and joined my current studio, Fish Lips, in. 2015 and I'm currently the lead character artist there um, in my free time uh, oh my, I'm really uh, deep into uh, D&D pen and paper <laughs> tabletop stuff awesome thank you very much Dario hi everyone this is Chris Bennett here the knowledge managing director here at evolution we're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Yeah, so we're here today to discuss pretty much all things feedback, which is uh, always a really interesting topic to discuss. There is an art to not just giving it, but receiving it, and even asking for it as well, right? So we've got some really interesting topics lined up today, proposed to us by our four amazing guests here. And we're going to start with Alex's topic. So Alex... You proposed the subtopic of how can we best nurture and maintain feedback culture internally and externally. So if you could give us a bit of an idea on why you chose that topic and your own thoughts and findings on it, please. I think because um, it's very interesting to approach it um, with a how can I um, get best of both worlds? Because uh, the in-house team... um, is on the forefront on delivering key positions of the target quality, whereas mostly external teams are crucial, um, especially for small teams, to mis- maintain scalability um, and having a good work and feedback relationship there can be big difference between a successful project and flop. <laughs> um, 
and especially if you not only if you work with freelancers um who i mainly try to uh, approach as in-house <laughs> from from my perspective but if you work with outsourcing studios for example um the in-house culture doesn't resemble the external culture necessarily so there's always a balance to be had because um for for example workflows and um they're in how you approach feedback in the best way you can achieve um the same structure for both but it's so it's 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 um it's mostly wishful thinking to um to be on the same page there for the most of the time because you have to um to aim for a sweet spot and um the the biggest advantage you can always count on when especially when it comes to artists is that um basically every artist i met as of today is normally very um thoughtful about their work and that can be a big advantage and if you um can take an internal team of course but even an external team and um motivate them to a spot where feedback is progressive it's um i think the best spot you can hit up for a project awesome does anyone want to uh, just pick up from alex's point there, just in relation to maintaining the culture yeah i think that what you said about uh, this this difference of um an external like a freelancer to like an outsourcing studio is, is a really big thing really because i work with both uh, actually with all three like an in-house team and a team of externals that i actually consider them also kind of like in-house because i deal directly with them and with an outsourcing team that I actually deal with their art lead and their uh, project manager but not directly with the artist so I don't get the chance to actually have like a personal knowledge or a little bit more in-depth knowledge of their skills because yeah it depends a lot so I can see totally the difference um, between these uh, two scenarios so it's really interesting that you kind of actually also change how you give your feedback into in these both cases in in the past it always um was the case that um in the end i i found it as a, a good learning experience myself to um to attain to the level and where feedback would be um best suited for an outsourcing studio for example um good example is um in the past we would do a lot without proxy meshes or blockins and go right from a concept stage into the blocking and the feedback loops would be yeah worlds apart from what we do today because in the end and it's not something where i would say we just don't give them all the work but it's just um we take apart the guesswork where we can so the vision is clear because the in-house team i can um easy easily be more um yeah more precise and i can maintain the vision to a higher degree which as you say if you just deal with uh, an external art director or art elite it's it's hard to maintain that well did you want to jump in yeah i was well, i wanted to touch the subject of like how how in the long long run those feedbacks work when you're working with externals what i mean by that is like um the situation is not um the same when you're working with internals well they can argue right that's the that, that's the thing they can argue because they know you and they can argue and say like no you're not right and let's let's settle that you know <laughs> with, with swords or something and and with um externals well they can lose that, that that's business right so they tend to be more um you know accepting of feedback even if they don't even if they don't um agree with it so yeah I, I, I guess so i think it's a big responsibility from the feedback giver to be fair in that right so that not mm -hmm. to take advantage of the fact that for some people it's business and they shouldn't probably say no but actually you know invite them into the conversation because in the end you have the bigger leverage on that yeah and you have to be aware yeah i totally agree but i think that the the strong part of having you know internal artists compared to um, uh, outsourcer, especially outsourcer studios, is that if a feedback is not clear, you have a kind of a, a relationship with the other people you're working with and you know them, you know how they get a feedback and 
when something is not clear, they can come back to you and maybe articulate why. And I found that sometimes um, without sources, it gets hard to get to that level to understand when it's there is a problem that is not said. And uh, that could create, you know, uh, a sequence of um, feedback rounds to kind of fix the problem um, that it could have been fixed from the start if the, the problem was already known. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That uh, point is, is funny because it is really sometimes it happens that you write like a wall of text on feedback and they don't read all of it. And then you go into this issue that you get the same the same mistakes like over and over and then you're trying to really like break them down a little bit more. I think it does help when you have an external outsourcing studio that actually knows your product well. And that's something that I actually some I try to do a lot is like getting them on board uh, to the project and, and understanding how we work and also, one thing that we do very often is that I I give them concept art directly from our in-house team and we keep them always in-house as much as possible because then it also keeps the consistency levels a little bit and the quality levels a little bit more to what we want, to what we expect. But it, it's, it's interesting, this thing that it kind of sometimes gets frustrating when they actually don't read what you're writing and don't actually follow and then you have to go really further into like more rounds of talking um i think it's more of an investment to to um um to invest in an outsourcer more as a partner than to have a, a momentarily relationship the main problem we always face i think with um with studios external studios is um it's um, a time frame which is not the whole project necessarily and um in the meantime uh, where you're not in contact changes will happen or can happen and you won't have the same team uh, you had in the past so um it's always like if, if it's with an an in-house artist the investment can always be said it will repay itself to a certain degree and externally it's more of a gamble <laughs> i'd say structures and stuff like that you can um, establish and establish with the external partner, but um, on on for example on the quality level, it's always it can be an up and down. Awesome. Any final points to add on to topic one, guys? No. Okay. Well, we're going to shift on to topic number two then, which has been proposed by Camille. Um, he asked the subtopic of what cultural differences can be faced when giving and receiving feedback within multinational teams. Um, this is, of course, a, an incredibly relevant topic as well with all the remote and hybrid working that goes on, um, not just in gaming, but in the world now. So, Camille, give us a, your understanding, your experiences of, of, of this. Yeah. Um, so, for me, you know, um, like we work right now, like, like even on this call, um, um, we're different countries, sitting in different countries. Um, I myself, I'm a Polish guy living in Spain, working in Germany and having an american boss and this far different you know it's four different energies like um and i work with british people i work with german people i work with a lot of turkish people um irish american you name it and i bet um all of your all of your lives are pretty much the same at the moment i do think that um it got you know Amplified after COVID with all the remote work and everything, and as to, to, to the previous point, and now you um, have freelancers uh, from wherever actually, or um, or business partners from wherever, and I found um, both in giving and accepting feedback that even though we think we, we are the same, um, we're not necessarily like our cultures differ. Um, um, we have different upbringing. We went to the, the, the school system is different and the overall business system is different. And I thought that first, like th that's one thing is the cultural differences. The other thing is that maybe it's less relevant to this podcast, but also the differences between the industries. These are like me having um, bigger experience in um, in advertising, um, 
that's that, that that was a world of difference how advertising people give and receive feedback and how um gaming industry gives and receives feedback namely just to close down that subject um i think the advertising people are much more um precious and you have to really approach them with you know uh, a lot of caution while uh gaming people are much more fine in general in get in receiving harsh feedback but having said that um when i used to when i worked at cd project i had a a boss my boss was um in california he was he he, he is american uh shout out to you jeremiah he, he, he that and he told me like um he had to go through a lot to understand how meetings in poland go like he said like the pain was where, where all the americans that work there get this feeling like they come to the meeting and what in their mind um they get a very negative feedback and all the polish guys were high-fiving like yeah we got it <laughs> and she had to you know go through all this meeting and go, and go like where did i go wrong because he was um doing the hamburger right the americans do the hamburger so start with the positive then give a little bit of negative and then finish with the positive so there's a lot of positive so everyone's like yeah hey cool we did it while the meat was uh was overlooked so that's that and 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 now um yeah now working with um a lot of german people um i've so i kind of grew into that hamburger so i i, I grew into being like super polite like going a lot about the positivities like oh this is amazing this is cool this is so cool there's a little bit of this but anyways this again is cool and then I landed in 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 the German company, and everyone was like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> what is it? Get to the point. Here, I want bullet points. What's wrong?" I'm like, "Why are you rambling?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullet points. Bullet points. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I want to go go further with the with the with the project. So I was like, "Okay, this is this is way different." And I imagine that there's a lot, you know. And I actually read into this just to finish on that. So that there's not only the hamburger, I've read about it, that there's the, I think there are four ways. One is like the meat and the bread. So a part, half hamburger, so you give the positive in the, in the first place, then the negative. And some countries use that. Then there's the only meat, which I um, think that's kind of like, I don't want to call it the German way, but I think that the um, Germans appreciate that, just, just the meat. Please. Then there's the full hamburger, which is um, American, Canadian, I think, kind of thing. And it's curd. And I tend, and that's how advertising worked for me. Um, there's also the vegetarian way when you go for anecdotes, deep stories, and you really never say anything negative, but you go like, oh, hey, but let's. Let's think of it as a video, you know, as a flower, and how would that work? So totally vegetarian. Yeah. So um, there's my bullet. I I, I saw this differences, and I'm sure you guys. Um, I'm not sure, but if I, I would hope you guys did too. That's a great point, and uh, I I found it with um, uh, not at outsourcers, but people in house came from uh, different cultures, and uh, I had to learn to to to. Uh, change my feedback on how I would pose it depending on the culture because some people coming from certain cultures take uh, really bad feedback from the lead as something that is destroying their career or uh, they would get uh, scared to make choices at certain points. So yeah, I totally get the point. Um, and overall, it's all about knowing your public uh, that's a skill that uh, you know it's required from seniors and leads and uh, you know uh, directors, obviously. Um, that you need to know who you're talking to always. Um, I know a German uh, saying that's "nicht geschimpft ist fast gelobt," means um, uh, "not scolded is nearly praised." <laughs> so I I really felt it <laughs> what you said. <laughs> Um, but I think that um, wherever you are, wherever you, you um, get anybody into your team, there's always a time of accumulation, I think. Um, and it's always uh, 
good to kind of be on the lookout on um, how is your 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 mood after meeting, be it as a, after stand-ups or after feedback meetings, because it's always um, every person is uh, individual, I would say. Um, and there's the company structure then where some kind of behavior is um, yeah different from person to person, but that's the overall structure how communication is is um, handled. So that's always um, yeah even even if you're in a in a lead position, that's something um, when you even have kind of a, a power leverage on onto yourself, that's something uh, you have to grow into as well. True. Uh, one point that uh, you adding to what you guys were saying, I think also um, it's very important to know a little bit the history uh, on of the people on your team because sometimes they are also kind of um, uh, a little bit uh, I don't know the hurt is the proper way, but a little bit scarred by previous um, leads that were not that good that didn't give good feedback and they're very traumatized for it. So you also kind of have to sometimes pay attention on how to approach because I that that was something that did happen for me uh, in in teams that I've that I've been in and my current team even because of previous like lead and so it's something that is always important I think it's also getting to to feel a little bit how they respond to some some things so yeah for instance um, even small things like when you give feedback to to an artist but even if he's not really getting it i try as much as possible to avoid even if there's like a, a sometimes a time limit to it and then the person is not really getting it but i try as much as possible to avoid that i move this task into another um, artist's plate because this particular artist couldn't do it because i think that for instance completely invalidates the person like and i think it also makes them feel utterly even worse because they were already not getting it and now i had to move the, the task forward to someone else and i think that it can be super frustrating on their uh, um, side of things so yeah these little things it's some it's are things that you also kind of learn with experience of your own because i also had that happen to me when i was not yet a lead and yeah you also learn to apply further in the future. I think that's uh, also a great point. Uh, I mean, the people being traumatized by bad feedback, it's a recurrent topic I learned. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like as leads and uh, directors and so on, we need to take a lot of care into shaping the right feedback for each person because um, once a person is scarred by feedback that maybe wasn't tailored uh, for them, especially for people that are internal and you can learn about them, you need to be a bit more careful to nurture the team. Um, once they're scarred, then it's a lot of work to bring them back to you know, another culture, another uh, you know, uh, mindset. I think one of the things that can also be more on a negative side can be if you... Um, can't be clear or you can't afford to be clear on the feedback or if you give give the the team more of a of a lack of feedback i had, a, had those experience during my freelance um clients that for example say i can't i i'm i know if it's right if i see it which is just basically a blank slate can mean anything and um then you're left with that and just like okay do i start over do i tweak something what do i do with that information yeah <laughs> like Thanks for the talk, but <laughs> and um, I think it's it's important to avoid such situations in the day-to-day -day, uh, work. So because there's there always will be some kind of of um, um, team dynamic going on in in your art teams, and um, for example, it doesn't have to be necessarily um, uh, 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 yeah um, uh, what's the English word? No, I'm stupid. Sorry. <laughs> Um, it's Thursday already. Bring pride. It's not only competition, <clears throat> but for example, um, yeah, just comparison to each other. And if you, as you as you told before, if you have any artist, for example, who didn't get it, and then you move the task to someone else, and you can put it into a, a positive thing if you say 
it's more of a collaboration rather than it's a it's a comparison. He gets it, you don't. But that's to to attain that level of trust, it's it takes time. It just takes time. And yeah, yeah, the the cultural barrier can be a hurdle in that. Okay, thank you guys. We're going to move on to topic number three now, which has been proposed by Dario. Uh, you proposed the topic of when feedback becomes criticism. So if you could elaborate on that for us and give us some of your own thoughts on it, please. Yeah, so it's a topic that um, I noticed in many situations from back to school to workplace. Um, and uh, it sometimes stems from the misunderstanding of what feedback should be. Uh, that is not just a comment to highlight the bad, but it's mainly a reinforcement of a good behavior or um, needs to come in when you know that something can be done about a certain uh, behavior or a situation. Um, because sometimes something is said as feedback when it's actually just highlighting how a certain person is doing everything wrong and uh, not giving solutions. Um, and um, uh, well, feedback should always be really specific and uh, always needs to take into consideration that, okay, this is the bad thing, but how do we improve it? And how can we work together also to improve that? Um, because sometimes it can also be about communication that doesn't work. And uh, uh, within that, you need to put yourself as a lead or whoever person that gives the feedback into the shoes of the person that did something wrong, maybe in the uh, outcome of uh, uh, an asset that was sent over or uh, was produced in-house um, to understand why that uh, went wrong. Because as soon as you get why, it's it's not uh, you're not receiving what you want, then you can actually work on the feedback that is really specific and uh, works as a solution in the end. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I, uh, it's so easy to become a bully. Uh, uh, in, in this thing. I, when you're saying this, that really triggered me because I, I often talk about this with different folk. Like, um, it, everyone can be a critic. You can take any idea we worked with today and get on a bus and show it to some random people and well it's super easy to say like hey this looks like shit and this is wrong and and you're you're a bad artist uh, everyone can do it but to elevate the project to take the bad project and you know, give a feedback that turns a bad project to a good project that's a skill that's a you know likely for us not everyone can do it so that's a super valid point right it's so easy to be critical and it's so hard to be constructive. Yeah, and that goes uh, exactly what um, I was mentioning before because that goes right into this trauma thing where then the person starts getting really afraid of actually putting their work in or their effort in because they, they get shunned by, the, by their lead instead of actually being steered in the right direction or uh, in, a, in a healthy way. Yeah, you see, like, um, yeah, there were instances that I saw um, people actually doing uh, like feedback, quote unquote. Yeah, like, I don't like this. It's not good. Okay, how does that actually help someone grow and someone actually do and make it the changes that need to be done? If you don't actually explain, and this is just criticism and this is just negative, and this uh, it's such a bad way of like not being a lead and not being a mentor but actually being just a, a bully like you guys said yeah so i would actually like to give a shout out to my previous um art directors jesse sosa and mike henry because they were completely the super positive guys they were actually always trying to get like everything that was nice about what you did and then they sat down with you if they needed to and actually just showed you a little bit different stuff and gathered references for you if you needed to. And that actually taught me how to do a better job as a lead nowadays. Like that was actually an influence that was positive. And I think it's super helpful and it's super important. I think that um, one of the things that's important there is ownership. Ownership on the on the 
project side and ownership on the task. One of the uh, things that are very easily forgotten, I think, is that um, making a game, especially, is not a task of only art or animation or concept or lighting, but it's it takes many to do the few tasks. <laughs> um, and um, a lot of times, when there's, um, for example, a, 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 let's call it chain of command or, or a feedback structure that's um, higher up, um, there can be a lot of changes that are intransparent or that change over time. For example, the direction of a project can change or the direction of certain assets that are now, um, for example, uh, you start off with a with a um, one-off creature that's just used... Um, as a yeah um, hit and run creature, and then it just evolves into something more, and then you of course have to iterate on it. And um, for example, if you if you get back later on it, um, there always, or in, in my opinion, there always tends to be some kind of that version is of course better. The other one is just for example inferior, and that's just because you don't see the whole progression on that, and that can tend to go into more of a criticism not about the whole uh, structure but about certain um yeah moments in time <laughs> which you don't have all the information about um and uh, that's uh, that's something that's i think very easily forgotten but if you if you can to um can create ownership with a with an artist for example he often um even if the task is uh, gone from him he tends to um follow the production of an asset for example and still can get pride in in the accomplishment even if it's just transformed altogether on that point as you mentioned uh one thing that i think is something i like to do uh that it's i think is very uh, um into this uh what you mentioned like um for when when, when one of my artists actually work on something or they create a concept like before actually i while i'm doing my feedback i also ask him so okay what was your idea here because sometimes it's also interesting to hear his point of view of like what what he wanted to convey because maybe i didn't get that before and then i'm giving feedback based on my own assumptions and i'm not actually understanding where he's what he's trying to accomplish and then from there, we can actually move into a different point completely. And I think this is really what you were, uh, would add up to what you were saying a little bit, maybe. <laughs> and a lot of time, I I find myself giving some feedback and then hearing the other person's uh, opinion and thinking, oh, that's actually a better direction that I was actually giving. I mean, you should also be open to change your feedback on the fly and uh, yeah. if something comes in that it's better uh, you know keep your options open <laughs> makes you uh, feel smarter <laughs> I think um, one of the parts of feedback and, and art for example is always um, communication I, I bet Camille can uh, sing a song from that being in, in uh, <clears throat> uh, commercial so it's it's always like everything you put out there is communicating something, and um, the question is always: Is the vision on point there? Can I communicate that with the asset, with the concept? Does it change? Does it need to change? And that's communication. And I think naked criticism <clears throat> always is more of a, a breaking down of communication because it um, it doesn't take into consideration. What's what's important there, yeah, and it only goes on the on a person and on certain aspects maybe of a piece. Oh uh, yeah, and I wanted to like add to this in that, uh, and this is a uh, maybe a little bit of a high note, but you know, um, words hurt, <laughs> and 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 uh, yeah, I keep coming back to thinking what was discussed like two minutes ago about the trauma and everything, and. Um, Sometimes for someone, it's just going to be, you know, he had a bad day. Well, Elite had a bad day and he just, you know, um, ventilated on, on an artist or someone, right? Gave a really rough feedback, really critical one. And a lot of the times he wouldn't 
or she wouldn't um, think about the domino that can that can launch, right? Like, um, well, because um, the receiver of those words, for them, this words going to live a lot longer than for the the person giving this words. I this is a very long shot, but uh, it, it's like. It is like like being bullied in school when you're a little bit different. For the bully, it's just a word he just throws at you, like randomly, like you know, you look like you you look weird, or you're this or that, or you're gay or something. And um, and in you, it can live for a lifetime actually. And, and and it is similar with feedback. If you get really critical feedback for from someone, you really. I know, admire or respect, and he says, gives you really critical feedback because he had a bad day or something. That might live, live really long in here. That's a really big responsibility that the feedback giver should, you know, uh, should be aware of. Yeah, and uh, as you said in the previous um, uh, topic, uh, since feedback is a skill, uh, sometimes the criticism comes from the lack of such skill. And um, if one thing, if there is one thing that I want to trans, uh, you know, pass over to who's listening to this that maybe doesn't have that much uh, knowledge in how to give uh, feedback, is uh, maybe go with the safer option. That is, you know, the hamburger always works um, because it's it's safer than just just the meat. Uh, once you you grow up your skills, then you can start, you know, cutting off the parts that are not really needed that much. Um, also knowing the people that you're talking to, but yeah. Yeah, and it, it's like what you were saying, sometimes you do have to give the bad feedback in terms of like, there is, it, if, the, if the artwork is really not great or if if there is a lot that is wrong with it, um, maybe yeah, the hamburger, the sandwich may have a very, very thin like first layer, but it's okay. You still manage to find something, then fine. If you don't, it's also all about how you actually present this information of the bad feedback of the bad part. Like it's it's a little bit like if you want the good news or the bad news first, you you will end up getting both anyway. But you, it's how you actually present it. Like it's the same as someone saying, yeah, your mom just died. Like, okay, not so blunt, please. Maybe you can be a little more, like, you know, gentle about the whole thing and what you were saying. And so I, I think even if you do have to give the negative part and it, the negative parts are worse or, or are more, you have to, to, as much as possible as a lead and as a mentor, because in the end, you are kind of looked up on that way, even if you don't want to. The minute that you are leading a team and you are, are directing them and you are you have a vision and you're trying to convey that this is how they see you as well, and you have to kind of uh, um, be aware of of that always every time because if you kick them, they also kick you back eventually, and they will not trust you anymore and everything will be broken. So you yeah, it's just about how, and that's really I think. This is the sweet spot that you guys were talking about before. It's where you find it and how it works. And it's something that you learn with time. I would also add, always set room aside on our time um, for failure. If you if you have the opportunity um, from your producer or your project manager, um, always accumulate that there will be some major minor errors that you have to account into your schedule for every artist. For for a junior, more than maybe for uh, a senior. It may basically the same as with uh, planning poker, that you go into with an experienced artist and lesser experienced artist, and you hear him out, his experience, and after that, and after a sprint, for example, you get back to, okay, now how would you correct it, and how would you see it now, and somehow be able to reflect it. It's not always possible to do such a grand, uh, yeah, round. But it's, uh, I think it's 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 good to somehow strive for it. Yeah, I think there's always this bit of compromise that you kind of have to also kind of, but come to accept. In the end, we work of 
for games, they are products. They are um, they are uh, something that that is being either sold or um, constantly updated with content with payable content. Depends on on the model that you work with. So you also have to think about that. Like ultimately, there's also at some point some you're out of time, and then you need to pick what you compromise with and what you can actually tell your artist. Okay, just leave this aside a little bit, and then. Maybe we focus on what's going to be seen a little more, um, what's going to be noticed by the users. And it's funny because I, I remember when I started my career, I, I used to love saying, I'm a perfectionist. And then I realized, yeah, I maybe I still am, but I also had to learn not to be one every time because you kind of have to also understand, okay, there's no time for this anymore right now. And... There's also maybe a lack of, um, yeah, understanding on 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 the side of the outsourcer or whoever it is that you have to, yeah, find a compromise with and then just move forward. Yeah, I think um, for sure there's definitely an art to this whole feedback thing that we're talking about, right, Marcella? I wanted to uh, just mention that a point you mentioned there about um, the analogy of finding out that you've lost a parent, right? And um, although away from what we do, right, with art and stuff. Um, it, it, it creates a great example of how one person can find out they've lost a parent and immediately they're in tears and they're needing support and you know that they need the company around them and then the people to be there for them but then some other people would just lock themselves away and, and deal with it on their own and that's how they'd want it and it's not just the way they feel it's the way that they would act after it as well and the actions that they would take you know would they try and keep themselves busy or would they, they sit on it for a long time and I think that's kind of where the importance of like knowing your audience a little bit it's, and it ties into exactly. what we're talking about it ties into what we were talking about at the start with the internals and externals as well it's it's having an understanding of who you're speaking to which you can miss out on sometimes with the with the externals so it's a yes fun ride isn't it um okay marcella uh yeah let's move it on to our final topic here which is kind of on the flip side of the last one um nice to end it on a, a more positive note i suppose than parents dying uh, how can feedback be used as a positive growth mindset and how can we follow up on the feedback effectively so that the same mistakes don't reoccur? So Marcella, could you give us a bit of your understanding on this one and why you chose the topic? So I chose this topic based on, um, yeah, a mix of previous experiences and how I actually couldn't notice so, uh, growth from one of my team members um, be- before we were like, concept artist colleagues I was a senior and uh, he was an associate at the time and I could see how toxic it was for him that the feedback of our previous lead was getting uh, very negatively negatively oh my god brain (laughs) not working today so yeah it was negatively um, um, yeah getting uh, to him in a very, very bad, um, yeah, in, in a very destructive way, because everything, every time that he came with feedback, he wouldn't say nice things. He would just say, you're taking too long. This is not good. Do it again. But he was not specifying what was needed. And it came to a point that actually on a one-on-one, uh, they actually said to him, yeah, you you draw worse than my 12-year-old niece. And it's it's like, it's such a thing that you don't go, but I it, I find it very surprising that some people actually go there. And um, it was such a positive um, change to see how afterwards uh, I could see that every time that he wanted to improve and I sat with him and then maybe like, I would even sketch some stuff for him and that kind of helped with some anatomy stuff or anything. And then on his own, he would go and study and practice and and try out different things. And the improvement was insane, like technical and and mood and um, the whole uh, vibe of the team changed because of this person not being there anymore and actually opening up this whole different um, environment for us. Like it was, it was super, super different. And that's something that's the feedback. And it was even feedback that I also got, like things like, oh, this is looking nice. Was that you? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was me. 
And yeah, so I think in the end, uh, yeah, that's what uh, what I think that the mentoring part is so so good uh, to to actually also be a skill that you um, develop. And even our externals, like I got some feedback from them that they have been finding super helpful. How we actually put references for them, and uh, we also give them uh, every now and then tutorial videos of new techniques and even like things of basic stuff like lighting and and shading and they appreciate it and it makes them feel like they are like looked upon and it, w- it was really cool to hear from them that this is actually good and one of the things i did in the past I'm, I'm not doing it currently because we just kind of lacked the time um was doing um events and in, um, I I totally stole that from Sony Santa Monica, uh, the lunch crunch. Whereas during your lunch period, you just do small bits of art and just share it under the team because it's more, it's a bit of something that doesn't necessarily have, has something to do with um, the project, but it can. Uh, some of our uh, beloved Easter eggs just were created during lunch crunch uh, episodes, and um, in the during the Christmas time around November December, uh, we do something that's um, called Wichteln. It's um, um, uh, 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 you just draw, draw a lot of a person and then just just uh, create something for him. Uh, it did just grow uh, bigger than the art team, but in the past it would just be um, something, um, some art piece, beat an environment piece concept or a character or stuff like that. And um, somehow during that time, even if um, the the uh, winter months tend to be in the classical release cycle, be the most pressuring ones, um, I, I feel of and during that time, you always see how they really strive and you see new techniques. They Out of the blue, they just develop because they're having fun with it. Um, the day-to-day job, can even if it's it's a it's a fun project and stuff like that can make it dull a bit and just i would say spicing things up uh can be can be good for the person yeah um to be, to pick up on this i i sometimes talk or or think about do you guys know the rules of stand-up right like um the stand-up the rules of stand-up comedy and the basic rule of stand-up comedy is that you always say yes and um and you cannot only say yes you have to say yes and and that's the that's the most important rule that you never break the cycle right you never break the flow so if someone tells if someone starts like i was in the waiting room in the doctor at the doctors with my kids and you're a fellow comedian you cannot go like now they said now <laughs> that's a bad story starter let's let's start from scratch you have to say oh yes and the doctor was um blind wasn't he and then the other guy gets to go like oh yes and and that's how we build the story and i sometimes think about it like of course, you cannot say yes to everything, but in a way, it is similar to giving feedback because, like, to all the things that you guys said, like, if instead of saying, um, "Hey, my twelve-year-old could could draw better," um, you go like, "Hey, yes, that that, that that's uh, that's the right concept, and it can be way better if we add anatomy to that." That's a yes, and and that's how we start building, right? That's a that's a thing tends to think about. Of course. Uh, a lot of the times I forget about it. It's easier to talk than, than do it. But yeah, that's, uh, that's something we're adding to there. Yeah, I mean, I don't really get why some uh, people giving feedback, especially through leads and art directors, go in the direction of not really criticism, but just destroying a person. Because it, it, from our position, it's really easy to do that. Uh, we, we, we unfortunately hold the power to destroy a career person or whatever um but boosting confidence goes such a more of a long way uh, for achieving your uh your goal that is having a product having something that comes out in the quality that you want even if you're um frustrated because something is not coming out the way you want highlighting the things that are really good usually boosts 
the the confidence of that person to then solve the other problems because if everything is black uh, like everything is uh, is is bad then that person doesn't feel the confidence to actually achieve what you want um i think it comes from the position that being a good artist doesn't necessarily come come with being a good league or being a communicative person at all and that's that's it, it if i think it it um it went better all the way in the last decade but it's especially in the games industry because it's a pretty young industry it's i think fairly easy forgotten because the 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 chain of hierarchy or how you approach um your career is mostly you start from a junior position into regular into a senior and then you somehow naturally try to become elite and not every uh, company has stuff like um i think crytech has it uh, uh, uh the principal um positions where just you be you are more uh specified onto your um specialist role but don't necessarily have to take a lot of lead um yeah um, yeah, we have experts. A big point. Yeah, it's a kind of similar. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, similar to that, but uh, all who are too often there's there's still the 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 conception that in the next step you have to be a lead and you you have to learn to be a lead. <laughs> That's the next step where you just learn from scratch. If you don't tend to catch up some things on the go and be lucky enough to have uh, seniors that can show you how to be a good lead then you're all on your own in the jungle and uh, I mean we keep talking about how to approach it as leads but I think it's really important also for the rest of the team like regulars and even juniors to learn early to give feedback because it's not just a skill that works on other people to make them improve but it's also make yourself improving because as soon as you point out something doesn't work in a another uh, asset or whatever and give feedback to improve that, then you can think about yourself and say, am I actually doing that? Can I actually improve on my work for, because of that? And uh, yeah, so, so start early, like uh, try your skills every time that you can. And uh, I mean, something that we do uh, in uh, at Fish Labs and um, I've done it also in the past in other studios is... Uh, having meetings just to share feedback between the different people in the same team. Like uh, we have with us not only character artists, but um, riggers and animators to get a little bit of everything because you can get good feedback about anatomy from animators, from riggers, from people that are not strictly on characters, for example, Um, and uh, from concept artists, obviously. Um, But it's really good to to, to involve everybody in it because you can always improve at any level. Yeah, on, on that note that you mentioned, I would also uh, like to say that it's important also that not only in the end people with soft skills or you learn to improve on your soft skills from, from an early moment in your career, but also that uh, you make sure that you work on a company that has good company culture because... For instance, um, when this all happened, it was really good to have the company backing um, us on the whole issue and looking into it and supporting us because that also gives you a whole different um, yeah, feel. You, you are not afraid for your job. You're not afraid for just speaking out and to, to talking about something that's happening that is wrong. So it's super important also that whenever, wherever you are, you are in a good company culture within people that understand uh, that this is not okay and that this also needs to be addressed. And one more point to what you said, I think it's not only super cool when uh, like people from different arts de- uh, departments uh, talk to each other, but also I really like involving people from other uh, disciplines as well, like game design, narrative. I think it's super f- actually even fun to do that and get feedback from them, feedback from community management, for instance, because it's also very cool to know what your artwork is like, yeah, how the people are responding, how the players are liking it, because then it's also something that we can use later on. And we also love doing Easter eggs and we love like making our users happy about them whenever they see it again. 
So yeah, that's really cool. Awesome. Just to round off on Marcella's point there, now that we're, of course, all experts at giving feedback by the end of this podcast, um, to ensure that obviously the, the the feedback itself doesn't just sort of drift away and um, we're keeping on top of it, following up on the feedback and, and ensuring that it's actually applied and, and has benefits to giving it. How do you um, effectively um, follow up on the feedback, as Marcella asked, to uh, you know ensure that it's effective? I mean, it's sometimes really hard to get out of the feedback loop uh i think it, everybody finds themselves sometimes in that situation where you give some feedback there is maybe a little change maybe not enough you try to push it but it's still not enough um i find that at obviously at some point you need to let it go if you need to uh, provide an asset and needs to go in the game or needs to go in whatever uh, production you're working on um, then it needs to happen and you need to accept the quality that you get if you cannot find another solution. But if you have the time, if you have the, um, the situation that allows it, then what I usually try to do is uh, breaking it down in smaller chunks. Uh, sometimes it's just too much. You give a list of lots of points depending on the situation and uh, if you see that it's not improving, maybe try to cut it down to a third and see if that can go in um, because some people get overwhelmed by too many things and trying to fix so many things the progress is really little um, and if it doesn't work with the third then go another third uh, so break it down to just one point can you implement this one and really focus on uh, improving this um, and most of the time goes in the, the right direction I think it's always good to tackle it big to small and give every artist somehow his own baby, that makes sense. Um, there's always one piece that an artist, out of his interests, out of his curiosity, or his learning status at that moment, has most um, yeah, interest in. For example, now he's more into cloth because he just did 400 stones, and now he's more like, into, can I do drapery up there? Can I add for example, 10 structures which are there, then you just try to um, give him a baby where you can say, okay, we can take a bit of more time onto that. But the others we have to um, do in a in a manner of time and speed up. If you're lucky, you can uh, count on the experience of the person. <laughs> so that just makes it easier. Um, and if not, um, you could always, or you should always go with, you, you attain a certain status and later on if there is time you go into a more uh, an, into an iteration or a polish phase um, which you hopefully have by then <laughs> damn it <laughs> one thing that I like to do to kind of break this loop this, this vicious circle is also um, depending uh, if it's not like a, an outsourcer or an external but so even that also work sometimes is to maybe step in uh, like would you mind if I just do a little sketch or do some notes on top and then maybe do a, a visual representation like even if it's just a quick thing like a, just a color block or something just to show kind of what I mean and what direction I'm trying to go I find that sometimes that it can also be helpful um, but usually uh I think like what Dario suggested also really, really works well, like breaking down and focusing onto one thing at a time. It's really, really helpful. And on the same time, from the receiving end, um, if you receive feedback, don't get too attached to your work. Like uh, what Alex says that you, I mean, you, you can give someone their own baby, like something that they're excited about, but don't take that as that's my baby, I'm not going to change it uh, because that's not going to work in like a production. Like uh, you need to be able to believe in your choices. And if you have a really strong opinion on, about something, there needs to be communication between the parts, but be ready to change what doesn't work or try out the option that is um, that is coming from, from the feedback. And maybe there's... If there is time, if there is the the right person uh, leading, then you can find maybe a middle ground or um, the best solution between the two. 
Um, but there's an, there's always the need of a lot of flexibility from both sides, I, I think. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, I, yeah, I think we've pretty much rounded off everything to do with feedback there. It's a, it's a rabbit hole for sure you can fall into. And I think we probably could have spoken about this for hours, uh, but we don't have time. That's all we've got time for today, unfortunately. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to uh, the panel, first of all. Marcella, Camille, Alex, Dario for taking part in the podcast and sharing your stories and your insights and your opinions. Really do appreciate it. And thank you to you for listening to the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast. Um, We hope you enjoyed the episode and for sure, we will look forward to welcoming you again very soon.